How's everybody doing? You all right, good, hey, lively bunch today. All right, this will be fun. I'm really excited to be with you. Um, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome to all of you. Um, those of you who are our guests, we're really glad to have you uh, in the house or online this weekend, so thanks for coming and, and being with us. Um, we'd love to meet you if we haven't met you formally, if you're new or around here, and um, we'd ask you to help us with that. Uh, if, you're, if you're here in person, easiest way is when we're done, if you just walk out these double doors in the back here and go to the welcome desk, uh, there'll be one of our team members there and they would love to, to get your contact information, give you a gift, and um, we would love to meet you that way. If you're online, there's a connect button. If you'd hit that connect button, that'll take you, take you to our digital connect card. And if you'll give us your information, we'll reach out to you. And the point of that really is just how can we help you? How can we serve you? Are there any questions we could answer for you? Could we pray for you in some way? Um, we'd love to meet you and begin that connection. So if you'd help us, we'd sure appreciate that. Um, it's a cool weekend for us. We have our, one of our ministry partners, Next Chapter Ministries. Uh, it's their barbecue fundraiser. And so we're hosting that out in the parking lot this weekend. And so super excited about that. We love Next Chapter. Um, they build relationships with people who are impacted in cycles of incarceration, men, women, and children. And in the, through those relationships, they help restore them and help reconnect them with God and with their families and with our community. And um, we're so glad that we get to be in relationship with this great ministry and the people who are part of it. Um, people from our church serve there, people from Next Chapter worship here. And it is one of those great partnerships and friendships where our, not only our ministries benefit, by us being in a relationship, but, but our friendships, like we add value to each other's lives, and so it's really cool uh, that we get, to, we get to serve them in that way, and we get to have them around this weekend, so that's an awesome thing for us. Funny thing happened this week about this barbecue. Um, we got a call at the office from the news. They heard about this, and so they wanted to interview somebody to talk about the barbecue, and um, so we have some volunteers who've been doing all the work. Like, they know all the details, and they have, like, they know what's going on, and they've been doing this and so I thought one of our volunteers ought to be on the news, and um, the volunteers were very clear with me that they are not getting on camera, that <laughs> that is my job, and that I'm gonna meet the, and so, so the news shows up, and we have the interview, and um, the, the reporter begins asking me questions, and I'm, try, I'm doing my best to answer the questions, because I, I know we have barbecue here this weekend. But I don't know all the details, and so she asked me this one question, and I didn't, like, I didn't know anything. Like, I couldn't even fake it. And so fortunately, Courtney Dugstad, who is the executive director of Next Chapter, was there at the, at the interview, and so we got her in on camera, and she answered the question, so they finished their filming, and, and then the, the story rolled on Friday, and when we saw the story, so the only part from that whole filming deal was... Courtney talking and me standing next to her and just shaking my head. <laughs> and it was awesome because I, I, I felt so connected to Mike Wazowski, the little, the little green guy from Monsters, Inc. I was on the news, right? It was great thing. So has nothing to do with what I wanna talk to you about this weekend, but um, I just thought it was funny. So, so now for like why you're here. Um, we're in this series, we're in this series, and actually this weekend we're wrapping it up. This is, this is the last um, sermon in this series we've called Words. And this series is words that God gives to us when we don't have any words, when we don't have the right words. And, and so I hope you've been tracking with us. It, it's been a great series. I've really enjoyed it, appreciated it. If you've, 
If you've missed some or if you're here for the first time and you'd like to check out a little more of it, it's at our webpage. But today I wanna talk with you from Psalm 62 about words of trust. This psalm was written by a guy who had faced and who was currently facing some pretty, pretty difficult circumstances, some, some deep adversity, and in that, he had peace. He had peace. So this psalm is written from a posture of peace. Now, the guy who wrote it is David, and, and David wrote, he wrote other psalms that we've looked at in this series. He wrote psalms of lament, where he's asking really deep and really hard questions. He wrote psalms where he's, he's praying for God to do what is right and just, to, see, to take justice over his enemies. I mean, he, he wrote a, just an emotional breadth of psalms. One of, the, one of the big takeaways that I've had from this series is the importance of being emotionally transparent, vulnerable with God, like that we can be real with him in our relationships, and we can, we can share with him what's in our heart and in our mind. And, and so in this psalm, like this is a psalm of trust being written by the same guy who wrote who wrote this, the imprecatory prayer, if you were here for that one, who wrote the Psalms of Praise. And so, so he's this whole gamut, and what he's experiencing is people who are, who are real with God. One of the gifts that God gives to us in that is he gives us peace. And so, so in this Psalm, we get, to, we get to hear a guy who is, who is talking about peace, and he has, he has walked a path to peace, he's experienced it, He's coaching himself up a little bit in this about how to experience peace in the midst of adversity. And he's sharing with the people who are, who are paying attention to this psalm how they could have the same kind of peace in their life and it all comes from this willingness and this working towards trust in God. So, so I think this is gonna be a helpful conversation for you. If, if you're in a place of peace right now, like if you're facing adversity and you're in a place of peace right now, and this psalm will give you some words to just to thank God and to, to honor him for the peace that he's given to you. If, you're, if you are coming up against someone or something that's really difficult in your life right now and you don't have peace, this, this psalm will, will help us find the path to that spot. And, and when we get towards the end of our time together today, I'm also gonna give you an exercise that, that you could do, a spiritual exercise that you could do that will help you in your journey towards, towards peace because you're trusting in God. So Psalm 62, so I don't, if you have somebody in your life like this, I do, if you have somebody in your life that, that like, they'll, they'll start talking to you but it's really obvious that they've already started the conversation in their head. Like, you know, they're two or three sentences ahead, like they just say something and you don't have any framework for what they're talking about or why we're talking about this right now and you have to catch up. Well, that's, that's how this psalm starts. This psalm starts, like the psalmist has got something in his mind and he just, he just jumps in and, and if we just jump into the first verse with him, we're gonna be trying to figure out and catch up. So, so what he does for us is he finishes the psalm with what was in his mind before he started writing at the beginning. So what I'd like to do just for clarity for us and so we know what's up, in this is I would like to start with us at the end of this Psalm. Psalm 62 has 12 verses, so we can make our way through most of them. And so we're just gonna jump in at the very end here so we know why the psalmist is experiencing peace and his, his trust that he has in God. So he he's wraps it all up, he says this. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. So that's just ancient wisdom phraseology there. So 
Power belongs to you, God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. So this whole psalm, this is a psalm of trust. Trust is relational. Trust is always relational. Trust is about relationship, about knowing somebody and knowing who they are, knowing their character, knowing the framework of, of how we've interacted with each other and how, how they've been in the context of that relationship. And so, so trust is relational. And because trust is relational, we get to learn a couple things about God in this, in this little ending of this psalm here. The psalmist says, there's two things that I know. Two things I know. And these are the only words in the whole psalm that are spoken to God. It's interesting. So two things I know. The first is that power belongs to God and with him is unfailing love. So those, like, that sounds like two, but it's only one. Power belongs to God. Like with God, all power. All power is with God. And that could be scary. Right? When all power resides in one person, that could be really scary depending on who that person is and and how they live that out. All power belongs to God. Big word in all of that is he's omnipotent, and, and what, what the psalmist is really trying to communicate to us is he is over and above. Another big word, if you like to hang on to, like why, why use small words when big words will do, right? Eminence, like God is eminent. He is over and above. All power belongs to him, and that is, like, that is an amazing thing that all power resides with God in heaven and on earth, that all power belongs to God. He is over and above. He is, he is, he is powerful. And with him is unfailing love. And so that's why the power part isn't scary with God. All power belongs to him and with him is unfailing love. So not only is he over and above where he is where he is transcendent over and above, he is also near and close. The big word to hang on to is imminent. Like he is, he is up close and personal. With him is unfailing love. That's a covenant word. If you've been in this series with us, we've seen it most weeks with the Psalm. This is, this is God's love for his people. And it's not just an emotional love. It's not just like, hey, I see you and I hear you and I love you. It's, it's a covenant love. It's a promise-making promise-keeping love, where God has declared himself, I am your God, and you be my people. I'm your father, you be my children. And we say yes to that relationship, and he comes close to us. This transcendent, all-powerful God draws near, and we're in relationship with him. And, and the psalmist is talking about, that, like, this is something I know. This is something I know because God has, I've heard this, and I'm experiencing it, I'm living in it. One thing I've known and heard is that with God, like he is, he is over and above and he is up close and personal and he, we're in covenant relationship with him. And then the second thing, this other thing that he says that he knows about God, where his trust comes from, is that God rewards people according to what they've done. And again, he's using covenant language here. He's talking about relationship and for you and for me, it's relation, context of our relationship with God through Jesus. It, this isn't just like, hey, at the end of it all, God looks at stuff and says, hey, this was good and this was bad, or somebody looks at stuff and says, this is good, and how it all sorts out. That's not what this is talking about. This is, this is talking about living in a covenant relationship with God. And so people who live in relationship with God 
living in the covenant love where he says, I'm your father and you're my child, and we say, yes, I'm your child and you're my father, and we live from that relationship that comes to us through Jesus, the people who live in that relationship with God, like they get rewarded and they get blessed. And the people who don't wanna live in that relationship, who wanna live some other way, like they get, they get what they get. But, but God, the, the transcendent, all-powerful God who comes close in his covenant love for us, he rewards and blesses the people who live in relationship with him. And so the psalmist, this is what the psalmist has in mind. He, he knows this. It's been spoken to him and he has heard it and he has assimilated it and he has lived in and through difficulty and found this to be true and now he's living in another set of difficulties, another bunch of adversity and he writes the psalm from this, this posture of, of God, I, I know you, I know who you are and I know what you're like. And since I know who you are and I know what you're like, if we go to the top of the psalm, Psalm 62, verses one and two, it says, he says this, he says, truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he's my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I'll never be shaken. Now, I don't know how it sounds to you. To me, this, this almost sounds cliche. It almost sounds cliche, like something you'd hear in church, Christian talking about this kind of stuff, somebody who's in, in a hard time and just no matter what they're really experiencing, they make this statement like my soul's at rest in God. But this is, this is not cliche. It's not cliche. There's actually this little literary feature that is in this psalm that if we see it, it shows up six times in this psalm. In the first two verses, it's that little word truly. We see it twice in there. It's just this little, he just puts this word truly, truly, and further in the psalm, he says truly again. He says yes, he says surely. Like those, those, little, those little words are, they're assigned to the people who are reading this that this is, this is not hopeful, this is not just cliche, this is, this is well-lived truth. This is truth that's being experienced in the moment. And he says, so truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. He's my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I'll never be shaken. And I, just, I look at those words and I just, rest, rest. My soul finds rest in God. Now we look for rest in a lot of places. We look for rest in a lot of places, but, but your soul, your soul cannot and will not rest until you find that rest in God. The, the all-powerful, up-close-and-personal, promise-making, promise-keeping Father who has, who has spoken his name to and over you. Your soul finds rest in God. My soul finds rest in God and, and he is my rock, my salvation. He's my rescue, he's my security, he's my fortress, he's where I'm safe. You know, all, those, all those things that like, we feel unsafe and, and left out, hung out in the wind in, in the culture, in our own lives, and in God, the psalmist is telling us this is, where, this is where rest, where rescue, where security, where safety, where all these things are found. And then he makes that statement. They're like, that's the capstone statement of this thing. And it's so desirable for me. I will never be shaken. 
Would you not love to be, to be able to say that in the, in the face of adversity, when, when life has come at you, when life is coming at you, when people, when people are at you, like they are on you, when, when, you are, when you feel like you are hanging out on the breeze, to be able to say with the kind of confidence that's present in this psalm, I will never be shaken. And, and again, this is a psalm of trust and it's lived out truth and he's experienced and he's saying things to people like you and me. God, when, when, you, when you're trusting him, relational trust, when, when, you're, when you're counting on him to be who he is and who he said he will be and when you're letting him be in your life and you're letting him be your father, you're letting him be your rescuer, you're letting him be your place of rest, security. When you get to that spot, I will never be shaken. And, and I read those little lines there and I'm, in my mind I'm kind of a, a yes but, right? Yes but, because it's church and I'm a pastor and yes but my circumstances, right? You don't know my circumstances. My circumstance, I don't, like my circumstances, that these might be different, these might be unique. My circumstances might be the ones that, that, that push beyond like where trust or peace could be found. And so the psalmist begins, like he explores that, it's almost like he anticipates that question from us. Verse three and four, he lets us know a little bit about what's going on in his life so people like you and me can know that this actually is true for real life. He says, he says, how long will you assault me? And he's talking to his enemies, people who are oppressing him, people who are after him. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This lady describes himself, this leaning wall, this tottering fence. Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yeah, I think that's a great image of, of a tottering wall. A leaning fence. I mean, I've felt that way. Have you felt that way? When you, like, you're just up against it, and it lives up against you, and and all it's going to take is just a little bit more, and and I am down this tottering wall, this leaning fence, and we don't know for sure what David's circumstances were when he wrote this, but there are a number of scholars and historians who suspect, and I I think this could be real. We don't know for sure, but there was this little season in David's life, he was the king, and his son, Absalom, who, who they'd had trouble, father, son, trouble, like Absalom's whole life, had been a difficult relationship for both of them for a variety of reasons, but Absalom actually rebelled and, and set up a coup against his father and took David's spot, like recruited an army and recruited a bunch of people and had himself declared king and he was coming to the castle in order to fight and kill to depose his father and his father's court. I mean, his son is coming at him that, like that's, that's the kind of circumstance that this psalm is being written into and for David in his real life, I mean, this was, this was family drama at its, at its worst. This was work problems on steroids. This struck at the heart of his identity and of his calling. And he's, he's in a mess. Like he is, he is deep in it and he is, he is up against it and, 
and he is under assault. And from that, that place of being assaulted, he's, he's making this statement about my hope, my rest, my salvation, my security, like all of that comes from God. He says it, verses five through seven, and this is self-talk, right? So he's told us where, where, his, where, his, where his security is, and now he's telling us, like he's telling himself where it is. He says, yes, my soul, in the face of all this stuff, the, the family drama, the work problems, the attack on my identity and my calling in the face of all of this stuff, my soul, find rest in God. Find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he's my rock, my salvation. He's my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation, my honor depend on God. He's my mighty rock, my refuge. We see a lot of the same words again. The new one in this little section here is hope. It's hope. When, when, when you put your trust in, in God, who is your father, and you are his child, when, when you put your trust in him, like faith always leads to hope, because God doesn't disappoint. When his, when his children anchor themselves in him and who he is and the way he behaves in relationship, those words, I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. And then it ends with this little statement here about my honor, my salvation, depend on God. He's my mighty rock, he's my refuge. Marvin Tate, who's a scholar, he wrote this about this little section here. He says, everything that makes a person important and strong depends upon God's favor and help. God is my salvation and he is my honor. When I'm being assaulted, when my honor is being challenged, when people are saying things, about me, remember we read it just a few minutes ago where he was talking about, I mean, this is, this is betrayal. They, they, they speak words of blessing to my face and behind, like they, they're lying about me. My honor depends on God. It comes from his favor and from his help. And so he's experiencing again, he's coaching himself back into this place of trust and, and he's experiencing peace God's giving him this gift of rest and rescue. And I just wanna remind us that, that when God gives us a gift, it's always for us, but it's not just for us. He gives us gifts, he gives gifts to his children to be used in the lives of the people who are around them. He gives you gifts that are for you, but they're also for the people who are in your circles of influence. And so this gift of rest and rescue, the psalmist has received it and now he's turning outwardly and he's offering hope to the people who are around him. Verse eight, he looks at the people around, he says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him and trust in him because God is our refuge. And I think it's easy to read things in the Bible by these people who are these great heroes of the faith and you think, man, that's great for them, but I'm not like them. <laughs> they, they lived in Bible times and I live today. And they are these people of great faith and I'm just, <laughs> I'm not even sure I have enough. I've got, I've got some, they, they're writing the Bible. You know, I, like I write emails and texts. And, and it's, it's easy to look at this and say, this is, okay, this is awesome for them, but this, 
I'm not like them, this, this isn't for me. And there's this one little line in there that I think is so important for, for people like us this weekend. God is our refuge. He's not just the psalmist's refuge. He's not just the refuge of the people who live during Bible times. He's not just the refuge of people who have great faith. He's refuge for people like you and me. God is our refuge. He's our refuge and we get to run to him and seek him and, and that is, to me, it is incredibly good news. It's incredibly good news that God is not just David's refuge, but God is Daryl's refuge. God is, is your, he's our, he's our refuge. This, this God in whom all power resides and with him is unfailing love. He's, He's our refuge, and, and because he's our refuge, we get to, we get to run to him. Because, and again, the reason this is such good news is because if we were stuck with, with only ourselves or with somebody else to be our refuge, like if, if those were our options, we'd be sunk. We'd be sunk if, if, if it was just what we could do or just what somebody else could come to bat for us could do in our lives to help us, that we would, we have, we have no hope. And, and David writes this out about the best that human beings bring to the table and how it falls short in verses nine and 10. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie, the, the lowest of humankind and the highest of humankind, like they don't really, in, when you need them, like when you need us, like when you need rest and refuge, it's, it's, not, it's not people. If weighed on a balance, they're nothing. Together, they're only a breath. Like in comparison to God and who he is, and his, his, his power and his love. People, like it, it's not in us. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, don't set your heart on them. And what I really appreciate about this little section of this psalm, it's like just, it's written for us, it's written to today, it's written to, it's written to lies that we believe. Here are three great lies that are told, told in our culture. When, when you are up against it and when you are facing it, there are, there are these lies that we hear. The first lie is that, okay, I have what it takes. I have what it takes. That I'm gonna find it in me, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna grab my, pull up my bootstraps, put on my big boy pants. Like, I have what it takes to, to lean into this and, and to make it through. The adversity is, is on me. I am, I feel like I'm a wobbling wall, rusty fence, but all right, I'm just, I'm gonna be strong and I'm gonna be solid. I have what it takes. That is a lie. You and I do not have what it takes. On our own, we do not have what it takes to stand in the face of adversity, to find the rest and the rescue that we're looking for in our lives. We do not have what it takes all by ourselves. The, the lowborn are just a breath, the highborn a lie, put them all in a balance, that includes you and me. Put all of us together on the balance and, and we don't weigh anything. And so there, there's, there's that lie and my allies will rescue me. Okay, maybe I don't have what it takes but, but I have this person over here that they're an expert in these things, so I'm gonna, like I'm looking to them for, for rescue and, and they'll rescue me. And we all need people in our lives. This is, not about, this is not against having people in our lives. This is about who do you trust? 
And where are you looking for rest and for rescue in your life? Who do you trust? If you're, if you're trusting another person, if you think there's somebody or a group of somebody out there who if, if I could just get them on my side, if they would come to bat for me, if I could get, if I could get them on board, then, then, right? It's a lie, it's a lie. They don't have what it takes either. Like you don't have what it takes and, and I don't have what it takes and our allies don't have what it takes and then the last one, he talks about my, my bank account, keep me safe. You don't, don't, don't put your trust in riches because the money won't do it either. Different spot in the Bible talks about how, how we are like we do, we put trust in money and how money sprouts wings and flies away. In days of danger and face of adversity, money sprouts wings and flies away. And so, so we believe these lies, these are the places that we naturally turn to, we drift towards these things as the place we look Remember, we look for rest, our soul looks for rest in a lot of places, our soul looks for help in a lot of places. And every place but God disappoints. My soul finds rest in God and so we have these, we have these lies and when everything around us is shaking, when everything around us is shaking, remember this, remember what the psalmist told us about God. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. When everything around you is shaking, when when you, when you are when you are under like you are under attack when you need help when you need rest and when you need rescue power belongs to you god and with you is unfailing love so let me share with you this just i hope it's really practical for you it'll take some time and it won't be easy but it's not difficult all right let me just share this little exercise with you these are these are words of trust and, and where this little exercise comes from, if you remember back with me to, we looked at verse eight, it's when the psalmist, he's received the gift of, of peace and rest and he's sharing it with us and he says, you know, trust in God all you people. His little line said, pour out your heart to him. Trust in God and the way that you demonstrate that is to pour out your heart to him. So here's, here's, a, here's a way to do that. So you gotta find a time and a space. Like you gotta find, you gotta give yourself some time and some space where, where it can be you and God. And get a pen and a piece of paper. Right? So this is just a little journaling exercise. And this little journaling exercise, I think there's a path to peace for us. So start, just start by writing out verse one of this psalm. You know, my soul finds rest in God. Like surely my soul finds rest in God. So just write out verse one. And then, and then write out before the Lord, like we're just pouring our heart out to him, what has you feeling shaken? What has you feeling shaken? That description of a you know, wobbly wall, what has you feeling like that? And this is where you get to be you. If you're a bullet point person, like just bullet point it. If, you, if you're a long sentences person, long, write them out. If you're a picture person, draw a picture. This is you, you get to be you. This is, this is your time with your heavenly father and you're just pouring out your heart to him. So verse one, and then what has you feeling shaken? And then, and then write out verses five and six, which is that little bit of self-talk. Yes, my soul, find rest in God, right? So write, write those verses out for yourself there. Truly, he's my rock, my salvation, he's my fortress. And remind yourself, I'm pouring out my, I will not be shaken. 
I'll not be shaken, write out verse five and six. And then, and then you could write out what lies you're believing. We talked about three big ones, that I have what it takes, that my allies will help me, that money's gonna see me through this. There are other lies. So what, what lies are you believing in this situation that has you shaken? If you're believing a lie, like to, to write that out, to write that out, and to get that out of you in front of, like where you can see it on paper and, and where you've got it in front of God, like to get, that, to get that out. Honesty, openness, transparency, vulnerability with God, and get that in front of him. What lies are you believing? And then wrap all that up by writing out verses 11 and 12, which is, is where the psalmist lands with this whole thing. Power belongs to you, God, with you is unfailing love. And because of who you are, like I'm, I'm gonna be good. Because of who you are, I'm gonna be good. And you could just, if you wanna write it across the top, you wanna write it across the bottom, you wanna write it in the margins, I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken because, because with you, Lord, is power and with you is unfailing love. And, and when you lay all this out before the Lord, he will, he will speak into and he will speak over the circumstances that are going on in your life and who knows what happens with those circumstances but what people like you and me who will pour out our heart to God, what we get to experience in our lives is peace. With you, God, is unfailing love and with you is power and you record and you reward everyone according to what they have done. So it's a beautiful statement about who God is and a statement of trust. Trust is relational. He is always faithful. He is always consistent to be who he is in his relationship with you. He will always be imminent, over and above, all-powerful, and he will always be near with his unfailing love and you can enter into his rest. And we wanna experience that. So could I pray that for you, for us? Would you guys bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Lord, we wanna say thank you for your great power. We just honor you for that, that with you is all power. And that because of that, we actually can be safe. We don't have to be scared, we don't have to be worried. We don't have to feel exposed because with you is all power and, and with you is unfailing love. You draw near and you make yourself available and you keep your promises. And so people like us can, can say with great degree of confidence that we will not be shaken. And so I pray for myself, I pray for my friends who are up against it right now. That the circumstances of our life are pushing in on us or there are things or there are people who are pressing against us and we identify with that wobbly wall it feels like if there's just a little bit more push, we're gonna fall. May we find rest and may we find rescue in you. Would, you. would you draw us to pour out our heart to you? Would you remind us and would you convince us that you're safe? That we can say to you what's, what's on our heart, what's in our mind, what's going on in our lives, we can invite you into all of that. And, and as we pour out our hearts to you, would you, would you continue to give to your people? I will not be shaken because you, Lord, are our refuge too. And Jesus, all of this comes to us through you and we're really grateful. And so we love you and we pray these things in your name.
amen. Thank you guys for being here. It's been awesome to be with you. Um, if you need somebody to pray with you about stuff that's going on in your life, we'll have prayer team members down here at the front. It'd be a great privilege to pray with you. If you're online, just click the prayer button and that'll get you to our prayer team. And again, we'll be in touch with you. We'd love to pray for you that way as well. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. I love you. We'll see you next week.